Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Is. Hi, Em. Isabel, this Summer House trailer was so good. It was so good. It will hold me over fully until the show begins to air. Which is not normally something we say about a trailer, but I just feel like there were so many different moving parts and we finally got more of the Paige and Craig, which is obviously what we're craving the most. We got the Austin and Sierra stuff. We get a little bit of the Lindsay and Austin stuff. We get what we've been saying for months now, the Lindsay and Carl confirmation, you know, actually footage of that. So there's just so many things happening. And all woven together through the thread of Amanda and Kyle getting married and maybe some problems leading up to that, which seems really dramatic because it's all fun and games when they're talking about who's hooking up. But when they're literally about to walk down the aisle and you see Paige crying to her best friend who she's a bridesmaid in the wedding saying, you don't have to do this if you don't want to, that's some serious shit. Yeah. And we all know how it ends. Obviously they did end up getting married, but I don't think that that takes away from the legitimacy of the issues that they were having because it's not like it's been smooth sailing with their relationship since day one. No, and to spend such a significant amount of time right before your wedding in a house with all other people, which they know always creates tension in their relationship. I mean, when Kyle drinks a lot or when they get involved in drama with other people, that obviously affects them as a couple. So for them to go into the house like before they're supposed to get married, that was pretty risky, I gotta say. It was, but they would not have done it any other way, you know? Like, yeah. Not that I'm saying that they put reality television above their relationship because they don't, but I think that they prioritize it so unbelievably much. It's just so them. And it's something that they share together and it's how they met and it's how they make their living kind of. So I get it. It makes so much sense. And it also makes incredible television for all of us. So I'm not complaining at all. The other thing was that the Kristen Cavallari headlines being flashed on the screen and knowing that you know that's going to come up in a real way. It wasn't that it's necessarily so dramatic. For me, it's just so fun because talking about that was one of the highlights that I've had podcast-wise because we just could not believe that crossover. It's like Laguna Beach, Kristen Cavallari, who is reality TV royalty, and somehow she's weaving her way into the Southern Charm drama. So to actually know that we're getting footage of that is everything inject that into my veins. 
The fact that there is a headline in the trailer about a three-way love triangle with Austin and Craig and Kristen Cavallari, and we get to see Paige, Craig's now girlfriend, reacting to it, and Paige, someone that we already know on their own, plus Austin reacting to it. I mean, we covered that story as if it was, I don't even know, the presidential election. Like that was our that was our thing. We dedicated so much time and effort on this podcast to that. So now to see it kind of play out in real time with all the key players, I couldn't be excited about anything more. I know, and you know what's so crazy? This is the Summer House trailer. It's not like this is the Southern Charm trailer. <laughs> it's just crazy now how they've all sort of overlapped with the shows. Now Winter House, Summer House, and Southern Charm are all sort of this one big like sorority fraternity of kids that overlap in all different ways. And they don't even need to make the distinction anymore. With Winter House, the whole catch was Summer House and Southern Charm coming together. And now Austin and Craig are just on Summer House and nobody thinks twice. To me, they just sort of fit in the group. And I kind of love that. I really love it. And I think also the fact that this is all happening at the same time as Ultimate Girls Trip, which we are really getting to see kind of like the joining of different franchises. I have to imagine that Bravo, specifically with the launch of Peacock, is going to be going in that direction more because I think that they're realizing that the fans really enjoy it. And the fourth wall that these are all groups of friends that only exist separately and apart from each other is non-existent anymore. So we know that they're all meeting and going out and meeting at Bravo events, meeting at speaker things. They're going on each other's podcasts. Like we see the crossover and it makes so much sense. Like they are all so amazing on TV on their own and the chemistry is there with their own cast. So now go out, make magic with other casts. Let's see the dynamics. How many different combinations of people can we make? I, I love it. I really, really love it. Me too. And two things that I want to say before we start. The first is when we were doing our conversation, it wasn't really a recap, but of the Winter House finale, we got so many DMs of people saying, you guys missed in the last minute or so the shot of Paige and Craig making out in the elevator, which obviously that content was then reused in the Summer House trailer. But people like couldn't understand why we didn't talk about it. I guess what happened was we didn't watch the last minute or the last 30 seconds and that's where it originated. So we're talking about how we can't wait to watch them finally like start this romantic journey together. And then everybody's like, you guys, it was in the episode. I know. I'm describing Chriselle and Jason Oppenheim like, oh, they show them kissing and then it cuts to black and they're like, yeah, good idea because that did happen with Craig and Paige. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I must've just missed it. But what a shot. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. And the second thing that I want to say as a follow-up to last week's episode is we got so many messages being like, you guys, how come you weren't freaking out about Heather's house? And I realized your average person probably has not watched every single one of her YouTube videos <laughs> in the way that we have. So I felt like I knew every single inch of that home before she ever did the house tour. So I don't want to diminish everybody's reaction because trust me, that was my reaction the first time as well. We've just been in this YouTube hole so deep for so long now. Right. Like I am walking through her house and I know how many people and what kind of crane it took to get her light fixture up and to get her ceiling stone up. I know every detail. If you want more, which I'm sure everybody does, her YouTube channel, Heather's Closet, has in-depth tours of every room of her house. 
that the show could never, it would be a full episode of the show, which I don't think anybody would complain about, but I've been watching them for years and I just, it's, it is a work of art. And it was such a sin that we last saw her on the show building the house and it was all about the house and then she left. So to come back in this way when the house is completed and so beautiful was just so poetic to me. It was poetic justice. And yes. it really is another cast member. So yes, we absolutely flipped out. That house is insane. It's just, I guess if our reaction wasn't on the episode, it's because we'd seen it before. But don't worry, we understand that immediate reaction. Yes. Okay, so let's do Girls Trip, then OC, then Salt Lake City. Great. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Salt Lake City being, not, not, not that there's anything at all wrong with the end spot. Oftentimes we actually put our best content at the end, but it's very rare that there would be an episode of Salt Lake City that we wouldn't be so anxious to talk about that we'd have to talk about it first. Did you ever think the day would come where we'd be more excited to talk about an episode of OC than we are to talk about an episode of Salt Lake City? I personally did not. No, but that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Heather Dubrow effect. (laughs) Trademark that shit. (laughs) Okay, so Ultimate Girls Trip, two phenomenal episodes, a great season in the books, tens across the board. I know we both feel that way, but let's talk about these last two episodes because there's a lot of different dynamics to uncover. And realistically, the most interesting is the Kenya, Cynthia, Ramona situation. Yeah, it really just shines a light on how you would think that like you're going in with someone from your cast, you sort of have an ally, you know them really well, but I don't know. I almost related to Kenya in a way where I think she felt like Cynthia was sort of bringing her down and she was developing and really blossoming these other relationships with the women from other cities. And she didn't want to feel like attached to Cynthia. You know, it's like when you bring someone to a party and they're like sort of not vibing the same way you are with anyone. I think Kenya felt that so hard and the way she went about it and literally cutting Cynthia off and also saying not so nice things about her behind her back was definitely not the right way to go about it. But Kenya really did carry the show. Oh no, she absolutely did. And it's not lost on me that Cynthia was a little bit of a Debbie Downer. Like I, I recognize that. I couldn't help though have moments of feeling bad. And I felt that Kenya was being strangely dismissive. And I think what it is that was kind of an interesting dynamic for me to wrap my head around was in Atlanta, Kenya has far fewer quote allies than she had on this show. And so it's almost as if she prioritizes her relationship with Cynthia more. And I think that if you're Cynthia and you're used to that, this really throws you for a loop. because it's kind of like all of a sudden, you know, a new crowd's here and what am I? I think Kenya was just not used to her position in this group overall because she was like friends with everyone. Everyone was loving her, getting along with everyone. She's sort of used to being the villain and she's aware of that. She knows that. She says that just the way that her group has kind of formed over the years. I mean, I'm watching Atlanta right now and she's about to join the cast. It just proves so much how your environment and the people around you completely change who you are because we have seen like with all of them, not even just Kenya, but with all of them, such a different side and a different way that they interact when we're so used to it one way for so many years. 
Yes. And I saw a really good tweet from at Miss Morales on Twitter. And it said, I think it's very telling. Cynthia started the season saying she prepped the girls on Kenya. She expected everyone to dislike Kenya and wanted to be the one who brings everyone together. The gag is Kenya is likable and Cynthia is hating. Which to me, it's really the same point. It just goes for both of them because the main, like the common denominator here is that Kenya was received differently than she expected to be. And Kenya was also received differently than Cynthia expected her to be. And the way that they both handled that was obviously different. And so it kind of just didn't go according to plan. It didn't go the way it usually goes. Cynthia is always sweet. Everyone gets along with her. And I I think they still did. It just wasn't like the vibe necessarily, or maybe she didn't click with these specific women. And Kenya usually, you know, comes in and stirs the pot and isn't necessarily the most likable, I would say at first, especially like with new women in the group. And that wasn't the case here. You're right. It just was completely the opposite of what I think both of them expected and also what the other women's preconceived notions about them were. Yeah, which is kind of why, and this is not always so easy to do, but I think that in theory, if you can lower your expectation before going into a situation like this, it's the best thing that you can do for yourself because then you'll never be disappointed. I think even we were surprised as viewers, and we certainly know a lot more about these women. You know, Ramona's not re-watching all seasons of Atlanta and following Kenya and Cynthia closely. Kyle isn't probably watching all of New Jersey and doesn't know all of Melissa and Teresa's history and family and the fights that they've had on TV. They know a little bit about each other. And for us as viewers who really intimately, or at least we feel like intimately know them and sort of their history and their families and almost their tendencies of how they react in certain situations, for us to be surprised, I can't imagine how they must have felt about each other just knowing sort of like, the spark note versions of what they th- would think would be coming. I do want to talk about the second to last night when they're at John's and Kenya and Ramona kind of get into it because this entire time we've been saying that Ramona has been maybe the most unbearable she's been. All that stuff still stands. This was the only time this entire trip where I felt a little bit bad for her and I actually felt it was justified. Like it, I, I don't know. I thought that the way that Kenya went about this was just wrong. I guess it felt purposeful and say what you want about Ramona. I don't think she's like calculating all the time. I think just the way she is, is just naturally offensive and that's how she gets herself in trouble, but she isn't going out of her way unless it comes to a man like with guys and stuff, you know, she kicks everyone out of the picture, but in other things, she's just offensive because that's the way her brain is wired. Not because she kind of like concocts a plan to hurt people's feelings. So I feel like to see Kenya, sort of saying to Luann, oh, that will really bother Ramona. Like, let's see how far we can push her buttons. It's like, okay. And you just can't help but feel a little bad for Ramona, which is not something that we, I don't think I've ever said. Well, I think the thing for me, it wasn't even so much as that. Like the calculation to me just comes from the fact that I think Kenny's objectively just more intelligent than Ramona is. Yeah. But for me, it was that I think a really hard, I say this all the time and I know that, but I just think it's true. I think a really hard emotion to stomach is embarrassment. And what I felt was happening was that Kenny was intentionally trying to embarrass Ramona in front of this guy where it's like, say whatever you want to her when no one else is around. Like you guys can go at it and listen, everything that she said was deserved. But with this particular thing, it felt like an unfair quote punishment for the crime. Yes, that's exactly what I think too. I think what's telling is that the entire 
time, the rest of the women, I would say, were definitely more team Kenya than they were Ramona. And even for them, this one thing, they also felt like, eh, maybe this isn't the most kosher. Right. What did you think about Luann really just jumping in there? I mean, <laughs> she is practice. She knew what she was doing. And I, listen, he's he's a cutie. She What, she's not going to flirt with him? I mean, she's great at it. No, she she. that's one thing about her. She happens to be, in my opinion, a very elegant flirter. I will say we've loved Luann so much pretty much this whole season. I think we've really sung her praises. The next episode, this finale, when they're playing the games, and she is getting not only competitive, but just like a rule follower and really nitpicking. You bit it. You you didn't lick it. You bit it. I, w- I was like, Luann, you need to chill. It was the most bizarre thing ever, but I have to tell you, and I know that we both have witnessed this, just, you know, you see a lot of stuff when you're dealing with some of these people. (laughs) You see a lot of stuff. (laughs) What I'm about to say is true. Some of the wealthiest people like free shit the most. And I am telling you, if it was something that she didn't care about, she would not have had this level of competition. And don't get me wrong. She could easily book this same villa in Turks and Caicos by herself and pay for it. But if she could save the 20 grand or whatever it was going to be, she was going to lick the fuck out of that ball to get there. And it's so crazy because it seemed like such a bad look for something that she could have had regardless. But I am telling you, this is sometimes the way these people act when something free is presented to them. I didn't even think it was so much about her winning the prize. I think she felt like she wanted everyone to follow the rules and be fair, and she didn't like anyone sort of cutting corners. I don't know. She felt very like ownership almost over the games and making sure that everyone abided by the rules. And it was like, okay, Luann, like, come on. Do you see where you are? You're literally sucking a popsicle to get a diamond ring out because you're on a peacock show about Housewife All-Stars. Like, this isn't the Winter Olympics. Chill, Lindsay Vaughn. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I, I really feel in my deepest heart that if the prize was a fucking puka shell necklace, like she would not have been going that hard. I know. I don't know. I think she just felt like she had to be the, like the grand dame of the rules. <laughs> Another thing that I want to say is it was really funny watching the rest of the women have a similar reaction to Teresa this trip that we had watching it because yes we watched her for how many years and we've never said that she was zen or that she had this you know felt so compassionate and watching her we both said this it was hands down the most likable she's ever been and then to watch her say she's never enjoyed a season of filming her own show that hit I know that kind of hurt my feelings I was thinking I haven't really seen Teresa connect with other women on her show ever Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's friends with them. She becomes close or she likes them, but not like a deep, real connection. I don't think I felt that since she was friends with Dina and Caroline or Jacqueline. Honestly, Dina and Jacqueline were the two people that I actually felt it with. But they're long gone. And I don't even know if they're, if Jacqueline and Teresa are still friends. They were best friends. Her and Dina are still friends. But that was so long ago. And since then, I haven't felt like she had a genuine, deep connection with anybody. So to see her just like, really getting along and clicking with these women and going deep and being emotional and talking about Louie. I think overall, like she said, I almost see the light at the end of the tunnel for her after all the shit she's dealt with, losing both of her parents, going to jail, Joe. Now she has Louie. She's in so much of a clearer, better place. 
And I really, truly in my soul felt that this whole season. Yes. And what I really think is the major driving force for all of this is that she felt safe here. You know, her yes. job wasn't on the line or not that it ever really is, but she didn't have to have her guard up necessarily. And it was like, she felt quote among the greats. And so she didn't have to, you know, secure her spot as one of the greats. It, I just really enjoyed her. I am so curious to know if she will at all have this same energy on this next season, which I know is already filmed. I don't know. I kind of think she might. It also made me happy that she was able to feel this way with Melissa around because I thought this would maybe create not tension between them, but sort of like, oh, my sister-in-law is here. Like I have to be my old self. Like you can't really break out of your shell with someone there who knows you so well for so long or like kind of play around with being a different version of yourself. So it made me really happy that even with Melissa there, she felt like she could connect with other people, get along with people and still be in a good place with Melissa, which like is literally all I care about in life. And I think that Melissa was really pleasantly surprised. She said that she feels like they bonded more on this trip than they ever did on their show. Music to my motherfucking ears. I want to talk about Kenya and Ramona when Ramona took her aside and- <laughs> Oh God. Kenya was really um, patient with this whole conversation because it could have gone one of two ways. I will give Ramona the benefit of the doubt. I do think, yes, she didn't want to look bad and she thought this was the move, but I do think there was a hint of authenticity in what she was saying. And, you know, Kyle and Teresa aren't two that are going to let her bullshit and they felt that it was kind of genuine. So I'll, I'll give it to her that this was more genuine than, for example, her saying to Luann, I wish I could be as sexually free as you are. Yeah, you have to have your Ramona bullshit like radar on to sort of cut through the fluff and understand what she's actually saying and actually means because her delivery is awful. She doesn't know what to say or do or how to express herself in a really good way. And to Kenya's credit, she knew that there was something genuine beyond all of this and she was willing to let Ramona figure it out and compile her thoughts and get it together and say what she needed to say. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think they're fine. And I think they would be happy to see each other again. Did I ever think they were going to be good friends? No, they probably will never be friends. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Exactly. As all's well that ends well. And it really did end as well as, as it was going to. And if Ramona learned a little something about relationships or how she comes across from this, then I guess that's a win. <laughs> Obviously, my favorite part of the episode was Kyle leaving with Mauricio and then coming back in her robe and heels <laughs> in hand as if it was one of us leaving ZBT. Yeah, Kyle really gave us like all the sexual conversations this season, which I feel like is not usually her place in a group. I don't care what anyone says. And I actually feel like on this show, you could voice this opinion more because she wasn't surrounded by... I guess her own housewives. Like I really like Kyle. I've always really liked her and it was nice for other people to appreciate her in a new light. Whereas when it comes to her franchise, I think because people feel like she plays the producer role too much, they're hypercritical. So it was nice to be able to feel like you could openly voice your like for Kyle and it didn't come at like thinking you're not a fan of Sutton or Garcelle, which is not the case. I know, again, back to our mission statement of this whole segment, that's why this kind of show is important because it takes everyone out of these roles or image that they're pigeonholed to 
and lets you see them in a whole new light and lets the fans experience them in a whole new way. So we're not even sponsored, but I just, I really loved this. And it's like, the season's over. It's done. We probably won't see this group of women together again. And it was just a feel-good, happy watch and really enriched how I feel about each woman now going into their own shows. And I also wonder, will like Ramona and Luann be bringing up dynamics or things that happened on this trip on a season of New York if they're both back? Or if Kenya, I know Kenya and Cynthia aren't both going to be back, but like if they were, would they be allowed to talk about it? Teresa and Melissa, same thing. I don't know if it will come up next season, but if things that happened on the trip between them or with them will now cross over back home. Okay. So yes, I'm very curious about that. And what you just said reminded me when you said, you know, you know, that Cynthia and Kenya won't be on screen together. I saw a lot of people saying this and I couldn't agree more. This was an unfortunate send off for Cynthia because she had such a good run on Atlanta and she really was a very integral part of the show for so many years. And it's not that this performance is how people are going to remember her, but I do feel like it did her a little bit dirty that this was her final or final for now presence on television because this was just not her at her best objectively. I know. It felt a little bit like a womp womp. I know. Which and sucks. she's great. She's, she's amazing. And she's been amazing television for so many years. And it's like, mm, I don't know. Something about this, maybe the way that we feel it was so the right situation for someone like Teresa, maybe it just wasn't the right thing for Cynthia. And that's fine. Yeah. The final thing about that is I think it was not right the way that Kenya wrote her off when she came into her room. And I understood what Cynthia was saying is she's so willing to have a conversation with Ramona, but not with me. That wasn't right. It wasn't right. And I think it was like a defense mechanism on Kenya's part of, I know what you're going to say already. Like I have internalized it. I already know the whole deal. I know what I did. I know how I acted and I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, almost made Cynthia feel like you're making a big deal. Like we had so much fun. Let's just leave it. And almost gaslighting Cynthia into like, oh, am I being so dramatic when I don't really think she was? Oh yeah. No, she, she coupled it with like, don't do this right now. And it's really Mm -hmm. a manipulative tactic. Yeah. It's, it's not right when people do that because all of a sudden when you do that, you're immediately minimizing the other person's emotion. Yes. That's exactly what happened. Okay. Anything else you want to mention on this or should we go to Heather Dubrow's house? I'm so sad it's over and I can't wait for the next season, which I believe is Dorinda's Berkshire's ex-housewives. Cannot wait. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. 
That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. Don't get me wrong. This was an excellent episode. I enjoyed it from start to finish, but my head was all over the place. It was a little bit strange. It was strange because you're trying to sort of think through everyone's motives and intentions for every little thing that they do and keep it straight, which isn't easy. And the backdrop of Heather Dubrow's $36,000 Nobu party is probably the best place for something like this to happen for TV. I mean, what an epic episode also to have Heather saying cameras down, we're done, going upstairs, having to get Terry. Like it had everything that I love in an episode, but it was just all weird. And truthfully, my underlying feeling the whole episode was, it was just really weird of Nicole. Like everyone else had to get involved, but I just felt like, you've been friends with Heather for all these years and you're coming to her house and you've never mentioned it. That's weird. Well, no, what was weird about it. Hold on. I want to start out by saying out of everyone here, I do not feel that Nicole was in the wrong. Like there was a lot of people that handled this terribly and I don't think that she was at the top of the list. And I don't think Gina handled it wrong either. I will defend Gina. I love that bitch. Okay. But the thing with Nicole is that It's not even like you're coming to Heather's house for this one evening. You need to say something because you know that Shannon's going to say something. It wasn't about that. To me, it was if you've actually been friends with her or have known her for as long as you have, it's one thing if you never wanted to mention it because it was water under the bridge. That's honestly fine. But you're going on a reality show and you have to have the understanding that all of this stuff is going to come out. So it was low of Shannon, absolutely. But also... To me, it's like you lead with that. You get that out of the way, whether it's to Heather off camera beforehand or on the show, because what do you expect is going to happen? That's what I don't get either. It just seems so off brand for Heather to not know everything about this girl that she's friends with, bringing her on the show. It just feels like you're about to go on a reality show. Heather is pretty much bringing you on this show and you're going to leave a secret like that and not want it to get out. That just is so unrealistic. And given the nature of their relationship, as we see later in the episode, it would have been relatively of a calm situation if she had just said to her one day, like on a walk, like they were on, listen, 
I never wanted to bring this up. I never told you this. It happens. It never went anywhere. But I do want you to know this because I'm sure I'll be filming with you, with your husband. It's just like, I don't, it was so weird. Well, that's exactly it. Nobody is saying that this was this huge deal. It was so many years ago. It was kind of just like, as a way for you to cover yourself, it wasn't even about making Heather look stupid as much as, you know, as much as it for her own sake, I feel like I would be so uncomfortable if I'm in somebody's home, I'd become friends with them without getting that out there. Cause if it is as little of a deal as you think it is, which she was correct about, one would assume that she would have just wanted to get it out early on. I think the problem also with this whole situation was everyone's lack of understanding and almost how big it sounds when you don't know a lot of, or like aren't around doctors a lot or know a lot about like the law of it. Because to even us as viewers or to the other women hearing Nicole sued Terry Dubrow, you know, a botched surgery and he's the host of botch. Like that sounds really jaw dropping drama information. But when you really get down to the nitty gritty, the fact that it was almost two decades ago, it's very common. She had something go wrong medically. She was pushed by lawyers. Like it was so not a big deal and it's so kind of part of his every day. And he remembers exactly what happened and it went nowhere because it was nothing to go anywhere. The whole thing would have been just so much smaller than they were all building it up to be. And Shannon making it out to be this huge secret when in reality, it wasn't that big of a secret at all. It just became in that. Shannon is off this season. Something is going on. And I know she's Heather off. later, she's no, it's, it's off. And I know later on, when Heather was at lunch, she's saying to them, you know, I don't like to use the word jealousy. And she's trying to come across a little bit more humble with this particular situation. And I appreciate that, but I can say it since she can't, I think 1 million percent Shannon is deeply jealous of, of Heather for reasons that she probably needs to, I don't know. I don't say this critically. I'm like saying this actually like probably sort out in therapy because if she actually broke it down, she doesn't want her old life back. That was a really toxic situation with a man that I do not believe is a good person, but there are elements of that life that she's so clearly reminded of with Heather. And I do think that there's a part of her that feels envious. I'm not saying she wants to be Heather, but I am saying that I think Heather is a little bit triggering for her because it's this reminder of a life that she, you know, kind of lost, even though the end benefit was positive. I think Shannon is overall not in a good place in her life. So then for Heather to enter it already at a bad place and bring back not only things about her old life, the house, the warming towel drawers, and how she used to have a house like this, and everything like the actual stuff, but also when Heather was last on the show, how Shannon's life was and how she was feeling and how that also was a really dark time for her. And the last time that she dealt with Heather and Heather, quote, kicked her out of her house, you know? Like, those are things that happened between them. And I do think that they both went in on good terms and wanting to make the friendship work because like Heather said, I really did think that they could be friends. I do think in their core, there are things in common, but all of this. And I think Shannon feeling like I need to be the ringleader. This is sort of my show that Heather's now coming back into. And I need to make sure I have a grasp on what the storyline will be. I think that really took over for her. Well, that's, you know, a perfect example of, a desperately needed fourth wall break because aside from everything mm-hmm. I just said, of course there's a little bit of that feeling of being territorial, you know, like, Hey, I have kept this show alive in her mind. You know, while you've been gone, you don't get to just come in. And now it's all about you, you know, like, listen, there's ego involved in everything and that's not unique to Shannon. I, you could 
a lot of other housewives would be reacting in a similar way. But okay, before we get into what actually ends up happening, I want to first talk about Gina bringing it to Heather. And I know later on we hear Gina kind of explain it to her and understand why it was triggering. And I think that that's all fair. And it's not that Heather was wrong, that it was probably the wrong place for Gina to do it, but also, you know, the backdrop here is that it's a reality show. So it was probably the best place for her to do it. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle. Like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. I know, and I feel like knowing Gina and knowing that she really is a good person and she isn't usually the one to try and make things blow up, I did feel like she was being a girl's girl and being like, listen... This is what everyone in the corner is talking about. I'm saying it to your face because I want you to be in the know. And we come later, I think, her explanation about her husband cheating and bringing her to the house that of the woman that he was cheating with is completely valid and definitely added a layer. But even before I knew that, I kind of felt like I would maybe do the same thing. I didn't think it would actually blow up. I think if I was Gina, I wouldn't have gone in with the assumption of if I tell Heather, it's going to blow up in her face. I think she felt like knowledge is power and 
Heather deserves at her own party to know what everyone is talking about in the corner. And you know what? I like her. I'm going to say it because Shannon's making it a whole big thing. Yeah. She's not wrong. And you know, let's call it like it is. I stand firmly in what I said last week, and this has only solidified it for me. I do not understand Emily's role in this show. I, I don't necessarily dislike her. I don't think she's a bad person, but I think she contributes absolutely nothing. And it's, Am I wrong? Like, I feel like I'm harsher on her than I am on most people. And I don't know if that's unwarranted. I just don't get it. I like, I was finding myself being annoyed by her presence, which is such a unfair and shitty way to feel about someone. But that's how I felt. I know. I think she was like trying to make herself useful in a way this episode with asking Nicole, like, oh, are those your boobs? Like really trying to dig and see like, is what Shannon is saying even a possibility? Because What's funny is, backtracking, they thought what Shannon was saying was almost so outlandish for so many reasons. The fact that Heather and Nicole are friends, the fact of what an elite doctor Terry is and how Heather wouldn't know and that they're on a show to get, like, everything you could think of was pointing in the direction of, like, okay, Shannon, like, this is probably bullshit. So then they get there and they're trying to really feel out, like, is this rumor even possible before we take the next step and then bring it to the table. And I think Emily felt like, okay, this is my moment. I know both sides now and I got to get in there and I don't know, cause some drama. Like I do like her as a person. I think she's a cool girl, but I just don't think she's useful. This is what it was also. The way she was handling it with Nicole was just mean girl. And Nicole had some low moments herself, you know, when Emily leaves and she kind of body shames her. I'm sure she lost the audience there. That was not cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I did not like the way she handled it either. But if you kind of want to talk about like who quote started it, Nicole probably does feel like, who are you out of anybody? What is your involvement here to be upset at me about this? Right. I think if anything, it should have just been between Shannon, Nicole and Heather. Shannon knew this about Nicole should have told Heather at some point or asked Heather, you know, do you know this? Or at said to Nicole, do you and Heather ever talk about this? I know this about you and I don't want to bring it up to Heather or ha- be around both of you and not know that that's like the elephant in the room. We could go down a long list of ways that it could have gone down so much better, but I just felt like their involvement was so weird and Emily was really inserting herself there. And I'm surprised that she wasn't the one that really brought it up to Heather too, because she was the one who brought it up to Nicole pretty much. Yeah, it was, it was forced on, unfortunately, and not forced by producers. I think it was, you know, self-imposed to kind of maintain a, a level of relevance. And honestly, I do not know how you could watch this episode and not say that Heather Dubrow is in a class of her own as it applies to the elegance with which she handled the situation. She was a class act. She remained calm, cool, and collected. She stood as a united front with her husband without behaving in a way that I felt was condescending. You could say a little bit with Gina, but I think that it, you know, she honestly handled it appropriately. And I just think the way that she surrounded Nicole with warmth and not intimidation, she understood what was going on. She got Terry involved in a very appropriate way. To me, this is how you handle a situation. And she really, I think is separate and apart from the rest of these women. I agree with you. I think the way that they made Nicole feel, you know, it is a little bit weird, but they also made her feel like it's okay. It actually is okay. We're not just sweeping this under the rug and we want you to feel warm around us and welcomed in our home, 
it wasn't like, oh, the secret came out and they exploded and that's why Nicole isn't on the show anymore, which is what you kind of would think would happen. But it was so just cool of them. And I think in hindsight now, I'm glad that Heather had the lunch with Emily and Gina later because I was feeling very frustrated when Heather brought Shannon and Gina outside and was almost scolding them and scolding Gina really of like, why did you bring this to me now? What was your intention? When Gina just caught caught up in Shannon's thing and Shannon was protecting that secret as if it was her own. And she had this whole plan that she was going to take that out of her back pocket when she felt like it was the most appropriate. That's what I think. And she was telling Gina and Emily I don't know, maybe as a test to see like, well, maybe one of them will do my dirty work for me. But also because she had the secret, I think she was just so giddy to tell someone and say, how weird is this that she couldn't hold it in any longer? You have been on this show for long enough, Shannon, to claim ignorance of how this was going to go down. I'm sorry. Everybody, at the end of the day, everybody is working for their paycheck. And if you're not going to bring this up, somebody else is going to. And Gina had this information. It was going to make great television and she was going to bring it up. I really think Heather handled this inc- like exceptionally. I-, I-, I fully believe that. I just think she's on such a different level, just in all different ways than everyone. Not Money aside, just the way that she sort of handles and comes and composes herself. I said this to my friend yesterday. I feel like, remember when Paris Hilton had that show where she was finding, searching for her new BFF, and it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a competition show, and it yes. was like Paris fucking Hilton, and then all these just girls who were sort of wanting to be her best friend, they had things in common, but it was still Paris Hilton versus everyone else. I almost feel like there's like a hierarchy here where whenever everyone comes to Heather, they want to be on their best behavior, not just politeness, but cool and collected and say the right things and impress her and also get on her good side. And they just like things about her and they want to almost emulate her. And I love that. But it also, I think maybe later will be a hard power dynamic. I don't know. I'm really interested to see. I just watching how she handled this versus how everyone else was going about this situation. I was like, oh, we are on two different shows here. Oh, for sure. And also Heather's real superpower, of course, you know, you have the wealth and this and that, but really what it is, is her family and how close knit it is. And you see her get emotional for a moment when she's at lunch with Gina and Emily. I think Gina kind of like unintentionally cuts her off, but you could tell that she was about to say, I don't fuck around when it comes to my family and you putting something out there that could potentially impact my husband's practice impacts my family and that I'm not here for. And I think that the strength and the united front that she continues to show with her kids and with Terry really, I don't want to say it softens her, but it just, there's something about it that I, I think really makes her as a character far more dynamic. Yeah, totally agree. That's the thing. If the subject matter had been something else, this would have been a completely different story. But the fact that it was about not her, but her husband and her family and his reputation, and he's the face of botched and he does medical law on the side. Like there's so many factors that go into play here. And for that to be sort of the first thing here, she is on day, whatever, one or two of filming, throwing this huge party at her house. And that's her first welcome in the door is like, I can understand how that's overwhelming. So for her to handle it like this, I mean, that's some all-star shit right there. Oh, it's some all-star shit. I know. You know, also, I have to say, Noella was relatively uninvolved in this. Obviously, she's, you know, brand new. But I thought all things considered, 
her role really was to kind of just keep Shannon calm. And I thought that she did a great job at that. I thought she was a really good kind of ally to Shannon in that moment, which if I'm trying to give credit where credit is due, even though I wasn't on Shannon's side here, I can acknowledge that. Yeah. And that's not an easy job to do. And you know what? She did it. Yeah. What else happened this episode? Oh, the last thing I wanted to say, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover and clearly something is working for them, but really a unique dynamic with Dr. Jen and her husband. I like love her. I don't know why my immediate vibe is I just really like her so far. She's barely said anything or been involved in anything, but I just like her energy and her vibe. And I think she's cool. Even though, I don't know, the whole Bronwyn, Noella, like just a little PTSD. But yeah, her husband's weird. (laughs) Right? Why is his whole personality that he doesn't wear a shirt? Yeah, I I don't know. And he's obsessed with the Brussels sprouts. Like he clings on. It was just like... What? I don't even know you yet. Why do I know that your husband's going through a Brussels sprout phase? <laughs> Why do I know that he ate 52 pounds of blueberries while you were giving birth? <laughs> I don't even know shit about you yet. Tell me more about you before I get deep into like your husband's weird tendencies. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, clearly it's working for them, but I I don't I don't get the appeal for myself, but you know, as I always say, I don't have to cuz I'm not married to the guy and it's working for them and how great is that? Like my grandma says, there's a lid for every pot. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. One final thing. Can I quickly say it? Of course. I got nothing for time. <laughs> In the most unlikely duo ever, we have Tamara Judge and Teddy Mellencamp oh starting a podcast together, coming for our motherfucking crown. Okay. First of all. <laughs> okay. Actually, I don't even know where to start with that. You know, I know everyone loves to hate on Teddy. People make it Olympic sport to hate Teddy and talk about how she's the worst. I think she's a nice person. I love her friendship with Kyle. I think she's fine. And Tamara, I can't believe she never had a podcast. That feels off-brand. But why is she pairing up with Teddy? Tell me one thing besides both being housewives that the two of them have in common. It's just confusing to me. And, you know, in all fairness... Don't knock it till you try it. I haven't listened yet. It could be great. I'm just saying it was a very interesting choice, especially because I feel like Tamara, all things considered, actually came out pretty, you know, pretty favorably from OC. And I think that if she did want to come back, the door could be open. So I feel like for her sake, it actually wasn't the best business move. I feel like they just both could have had podcasts on their own and been like every other housewife and just done it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... We'll see how we'll see how it does, but it was just an interesting choice. Very interesting. If anyone has listened, please report back. I saw a couple clips of Kyle on and talking about if Kathy is going to be back, which seems very ambiguous at the moment. Wait, do you not think Kathy Hilton's going to come for next season? You mean? I don't. I don't know. It's not looking great. Why though? Because I think she was filming Paris's show. I think. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I, I didn't really get a lot. I guess I'm going to have to listen to that episode. So yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. Well, that took all 30 seconds. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you, or budget airlines with cheap fares but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. 
And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When we were just briefly talking about this episode before we started recording, we said that for the Salt Lake City part, we should maybe start out by giving kind of just our general overall vibe of what we think is going on, just because there's so much happening and we kind of want to try to center ourselves. And I was about to ask you, but however long it's been an hour into recording, I still don't have an answer because I still feel so all over the place. So I think you need to go first. Okay. If I was (laughs) going to sum this up, let me try this in my first take. I think (laughs) everyone's crazy, (laughs) but I think, but I think, okay, hold on. I need to wait. I need to write it out. One second, one second. Okay. We're back. I've literally written down my thoughts because I needed to reflect on them and think about it and also just keep it straight because I, I can't even remember what's going on here. Like I, you, you finish this episode and you're like, what the hell did I just watch? I know. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to my Ted talk. I think since, I think since what happened with Jen, these women think that they are Nancy Drew slash Olivia Benson. And now it's their responsibility to uncover anything going on that they aren't quite sure about or aren't talking about. I think Lisa. Yes, I think Lisa has a lot of info about Mary that she wants to come out, but is too afraid to do it herself, and really wants to stay good friends with Mary, which is impossible. I think Lisa, obviously, as we all know, or I think we all know, brought Cameron in, brought him to that party, set him up, put him with Meredith, cameras on, mics on, and made them have that conversation. So. Not that she could throw Meredith under the bus or make her do her dirty work, but just so that somebody else knew what was going on and sort of made it more real. And also saying that she wanted to be good friends with both Mary and Cameron and that she could compartmentalize, it just doesn't work like that. I think Whitney and Heather have been dragged into this completely unnecessarily and they are just messengers and got tangled in the web. I think Mary is guilty of many things and this is just not good for her at all. I think Meredith wants everyone to focus back on what happened to Jen and what Jen has done to her family and does not like how fast we've all moved on. The end. Wow. (laughs) it's a lot there. I was nodding along the way. Okay. So I did not write down my thoughts in that same way, but I first just want to start out with what I think was one of your strongest points, which was Lisa can't have the best of both worlds. You cannot in the same breath say that you 100% believe Cameron and the claims that he's made against Mary and then also want to actively work on a friendship towards her. Because if you believe what he alleged, you wouldn't want to be friends with anyone like that because that would be really putting their morality into question. I just don't understand and I get everyone's frustration of how Lisa could pretty much start this conversation when they're all sitting upstairs around the fire about how there's questions about Mary's church and how there's all these things that she's heard and how she really wanted to open up the floor to everyone to talk about what's wrong with Mary's church and then go downstairs and say to Mary that Whitney brought it up and that they're all talking about her and also play 
like the savior. You literally can't do both. And does she forget that the cameras are rolling? I love Lisa. I think she's great. And I think she's great at what she does. But then she does things like this, which are so hypocritical and she looks so two-faced and she's like Jekyll and Hyde here this night that it's really hard to support her through something like that. I know. And I do occasionally agree with her that these women never give her the benefit of the doubt. So everything that she does, they assume there's a malicious intent. And I don't think there always is, but this is a perfect example where like you cannot do both because if the roles were reversed and this was somebody else doing it with her about someone else, she would be the first one to call them out and be like, what do you mean? You were the one that wanted to have the entirety of the s'mores activity be surrounded by talking about how shitty of a person they were. And then you get bribed by a Louis Vuitton bag. Like it's going to take more than that. And I think Lisa feels like, oh, if I drop the bomb and make it everyone else's problem, they start talking about it more. But then I also go make nice with Mary. I can stay in my sort of Switzerland position, but also accomplish what I want to get accomplished. And it just doesn't work like that. And to pin everything on Whitney, I was like, this is like crazy. No, that wasn't right. And I really like Lisa. I just feel like, yes, you're right. Whitney got caught in the crossfire here. She really did. And so did Heather. Yes, she did. But it impacts Heather in a way that it doesn't impact Whitney. I'm not saying Whitney wasn't upset, but you can just tell that this exact type of situation where she's being called out by Mary, it was hard for both of them, but there's a part of me that almost feels that it was harder for Heather, not because of her reaction necessarily, but I think psychologically that does something more to her than it does to Whitney. Whereas Whitney, it's just like initially jarring. Heather, I think she's not prepared for that. Yes. And I also want to bring up Whitney. I don't know if she gives Lisa too much credit or if she, or if Lisa just does this completely subconsciously, but Them all trying to point Lisa as this master manipulator, which I do think she is very manipulative and she has clear goals, but I also don't think she's as sort of savvy as they're giving her credit for of Whitney saying, you saw the sever in my relationship with Mary and knew that if you pinned it on me and made me look like the bad guy, that it was a perfect opening. I think Lisa doesn't realize what she's doing, but that is exactly what she's doing. And she's not sitting at home making like a tree and a web of what she's going to say and do and really planning it out. But almost the way that she operates is in a manipulative manner. So yeah, you're not sitting home, like you're not, I don't have a remote control, like you said, but you are sort of making these situations happen in almost an effortless way. The part to me that I felt was concerning for her own sake was, yeah, it was shitty to the other women to kind of like put it onto them once the conversation actually happened with Mary in the room. But what's more concerning is how do you go so hard against someone, be the ringleader and trying to convince everyone else of their wrongdoings and then look them in the eye and basically lie to them about what had just transpired and tell her in the room when we got that audio, remember when we couldn't see anything and it was just the the visual of the yeah. door. She's basically saying to Mary, like, I don't believe it. You know, I believe you. That's crazy. No, like that's, that's a crazy. little, that's, that's crazy. It's off. And then I think that Meredith To be honest with you, I don't think Meredith doesn't believe what they're saying. Like, I don't even think it's as deep as she wasn't moved by Cameron's story. And I think that she could think some of that stuff is legit. I just think at this point, she's using this to kind of make a point. I think she, yes, I think she's using it to make a point of saying, everyone was saying all these things about me last year about her marriage to Seth, which is like, so not as big of a deal as what is, 
what they're saying about Mary. Like, you can't really compare them. But maybe the feeling of everyone's talking behind my back and not asking me directly to my face sort of hit a nerve with her because she had been there. But again, she's just trying to make a point. I think if that point wasn't important to her, she would say, yeah, I believe Cameron. And I don't really think her friendship with Mary is strong enough that she would stand her ground this hard. I just think, how can Lisa flip-flop like that? Especially, like, you're being filmed. Like, you're going to have to watch this. Like, this is the kind of thing that at the reunion, how can you say one thing and five minutes later literally say the opposite and go comfort Mary when you're the one that kind of started all this? But you have the backup plan that other people said things so you can kind of keep your hands clean. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's... it's (laughs) It's why she's such an exceptional housewife, but it's a little bit frustrating because it feels incredibly gaslighty, which I know we've been using that word a lot recently, but I actually feel it was warranted here. And I really felt Heather's frustration when she was crying in the bathroom and how she felt like all of a sudden things had fallen in her lap when she didn't feel like she did that much and wanting to just be away from them. Like it was a clusterfuck, the whole thing. Also, you know, just selfishly, it is so much more fun to be talking about the Jen Shaw situation where, you know, I don't mean to say she's not physically in the house, but it was too volatile of a you know situation when you're talking about claims as intense as you were talking about with what's being alleged against Mary to have that person in the house. Like, of course it's going to boil over. I don't care who you're talking about. If, if the stakes are that high, you can never feel free to have those conversations as openly as you maybe would because everybody is going to be watching out solely for themselves because they don't want to look that person in the eye and tell them that they believe it. Whereas with Jen, think about that dinner the night before. They are saying everything because she wasn't there. Yes, and I also just can't believe that Jen Shaw has been arrested, was literally hunted down by Homeland Security in front of their very eyes. And the only mention of her that we're getting is when they're almost comparing the situations between Mary and Jen, like that is it. Can you believe that? That is like if what happened with Erica and Beverly Hills happened and they went all these episodes and didn't talk about it and moved on to something that was as interesting, if not more interesting, that is unbelievable. And to me, I mean, Mary being the most offended that she's being compared to Jen is also crazy. And on top of everything, how the Jen situation has, like I said, made all these women all of a sudden think that they are detectives and that it is their duty on this show or in the world to get to the bottom of anything that's put in their way. Like It's almost like they forgot how life works. Yeah. And in their defense, this has been a pretty uncommon scenario that they've had to deal with thus far. Like All of the various things that have come out throughout both seasons are you know, strange, stranger than your average franchise. So I get it, but it was, it was too much. Not every single person can play detective and expect for it to go smoothly. Exactly. And this is the example, like they are not meant to be detectives. Yeah, no, things are off. I also don't blame Whitney and Heather for taking the plane by themselves. I think that they were both going to have a nervous breakdown if they stayed. No. And (laughs) taking your shoes off through security is much better of a price to pay than giving up your mental health and sanity. Yeah. By the way, in and out, bing bong, take an edible. It's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I just said bing bong because of the side talk. Bing bong. I have not stopped saying that. (laughs) You see these dogs in your front yard? (laughs) 
Everyone you have to get my Ohio. dad to do that, don't you think? Uh, it's a necessity. I know. He grew up in Coney Island. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's it. I mean, it's not it. There, we can, this, this scene, this entire episode could be broken down into hours and hours of you know analysis, but it was exhausting. It's exhausting. I watched it so long ago at this point that even in the moment, I didn't really know what was going on. So now I just had my top line thoughts and I hope I just need a little clarity. I need someone to draw me a map, make me a color coded outline. I need a web. I I need something. I need a visual guidance while I'm watching this epi- these episodes to help me follow along because it's a lot and I keep forgetting. And them all flip-flopping who they are being loyal to or what they think doesn't help. That's the issue. No one's standing firm in their beliefs. Every second it changes and it's, you know, it's a lot. And I typically trust Meredith to kind of guide me through. Like I do believe that she's a relatively trustworthy narrator, but I think what's happening here is her priorities are a little bit warped unintentionally because she's so focused on the hypocrisy of it all and not wanting to do anything that's going to even potentially strengthen Jen's argument. Right. Yeah. Right. That's honestly the strongest backbone of an opinion that we have here. And it also is simultaneously very frustrating. Yeah. Well, guys, I mean, I know technically this episode we could have done earlier, but we wanted to wait until the ultimate girls trip finale came out which was thursday which is why we're uploading this on friday because we wanted to be able to watch that i wish we had the screeners but we didn't i know maybe next season (laughs) okay well we love you guys so much thank you for listening thank you for letting us do this and julie and i will see you on monday